What's up, shadowy sleuths? Welcome to Sinister Silhouettes, the podcast where we dive headfirst into the darkest corners of the human psyche. I'm Tasha Pierce, your guide through the twisted tapestry of true crime, unsolved mysteries, and paranormal phenomena. Together, we'll unravel these sinister silhouettes, shining a light on the darkness that can reside within the human soul. Please do me the honor of rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Sinister Silhouettes wherever you're listening. Hey there, shadowy sleuths. So I'm going to release the episode that I had prepared for you all last week when I disrupted our regularly scheduled program for the Rudy Farias case. But fear not, I will be coming back with an update for the Rudy Farias case as it continues to unfold here in Houston. So I hope you guys enjoy what we have for you this week. See you on the other side. Today's story takes us to Evansville, Indiana on June 28th, 2023, which is rather recent. So there is no resolution just yet for the case, but I did want to share it because it was so freaking alarming. This is a case where a mother, Jessica Nervik, has three children. Her children are a 15-year-old girl, a 9-year-old boy, and an 8-year-old boy. So the mother on June 28th was in need of a babysitter. So, she found the daughter of her neighbor, uh, 24-year-old Deanna Bird, to watch her children. So, she drops the kids off to Bird at 10.30 p.m. Wednesday night. She returns to pick them up at 5 p.m. Thursday evening. And that is when she finds Deanna Bird sitting on the porch looking real spaced out. Now, that is an immediate red flag to any parent. The person that you left your children with for what 17 hours that person is sitting on the porch and they don't look like they're in any condition to care for your children anywho she goes inside the house and she finds the house quiet so now she's worried so jessica nervic then goes from room to room looking for her children she finds her boys passed out on a couch when she's trying to rouse them to get them up she's unable to wake them up. So she immediately calls 911 because she's unable to wake her children and any mother knows how much effort it's going to take to wake their children. Now she has to find her 15-year-old daughter. She goes to a bedroom where she finds the 15-year-old child also passed out on a bed. Now she goes back outside and tells Deanna Bird, I just called 911 because my children are all passed out. To which Bird answers, I'm not going to jail for no kids. And that's a weird response. And if that was really her response, I'm going to wonder out loud why a person who has done nothing wrong say something like that. Why would that be your first response to somebody saying the kids are passed out? I'm going to call 911. Well, The EMTs and law enforcement did arrive and they found the boys still lethargic and barely able to stand and the young lady is still passed out. So the female teen, I'm I'm thinking all the kids were taken to the hospital. It's just the fact that the female teen was still unconscious. Now when asked what happened, why they all were in this condition, the boys say that Bird showed them how to snort crushed pills through a rolled up ramen noodle lid. You heard that correct. The babysitter, the person who was supposed to be in charge 
of these three kids for 17 hours started the evening out by showing them how to roll up a ramen noodle lid and snort pills. Now, when we're asking an eight or nine year old what the heck happened to them in a situation like that, I don't expect for them to come up with this level of detail unless they were really shown by Bird how to do this. But Bird says those boys were lying. She says she was watching TV with them from 8.30 p.m., which is approximately two hours before they were even dropped off. And they didn't stop watching TV till 11 a.m. the next morning. Now, I don't know what kind of kids these are, but I doubt very seriously that they could pull off that kind of shift watching television. Um, the bird said the eight-year-old, who she calls asshole as a name, and excuse my French, that is what she calls him because she can't remember or recall his name, so she just calls him asshole. She said that eight-year-old boy woke her up and talked to her a few times. Now, I don't know if the mother knew that the pet name for her son was asshole when she left the children. I'm really trying very hard not to be judgmental of this mother. I have made it kind of headcanon in my own mind that the mother had to go to work and she had to work a double and this is why she left her children in the care of Deanna Bird for nearly 17 hours. But that's headcanon, it's all speculation and everything I'm talking about here in fact is allegedly because like I said, this is an unresolved situation. Now Bird then says, well, it is possible that the 15-year-old snooped through her belongings and found her pills. But of course, when the police and they searched Bird's home, they found that none of these pill none of these pills are prescribed to Deanna Bird. So eventually, at the hospital, the sister recovers and police do an interview when the sister recovers. And you'll never guess what she told them. She said Bird showed her how to break open the orange peel capsules and make lines with them to snort. And the 15-year-old also said that Bird showed them how to snort the pills using a rolled up ramen noodle cup lid. She also said, she went on, she recalled puking at one point, as well as seeing her brothers falling around after the drugs took effect. That's an awful lot of detail again. Now this is a 15-year-old. And there are going to be a lot of people who say this 15-year-old should have known better. But peer pressure is a hell of a drug for a lot of adults. So if Deanna kind of pressured her into trying to do a, a, a line of whatever these pills are, and I think we do have, uh, I think it was Adderall, Lyrica, and Clonopin. So we got three very... Uh, very dangerous drugs, especially in the systems of some young children. Uh, but this is what they were snorting. Gosh, I can't even believe I'm saying this. <laughs> so Bird was arrested. She was charged with three counts of neglect of a dependent, resulting in serious bodily injury, drug possession, and theft because she stole the pills. These pills were not hers. The people who these pills were prescribed to uh, say that they were taken, they were stolen. So yeah, now she has a $20,000 bond and is ordered to have no contact with these children. Through Facebook posts made by Ms. Bird, who says that she's a public figure, so her Facebook was open. And so I looked, <laughs> 
we learn a bit more about her character or lack thereof. Turns out Bird has three children of her own, ages four, three, and two. She doesn't have custody of any of them. Now that in itself is not something to say that she is of low moral character. She may have been a victim of circumstance, but if I am a parent who was a victim of circumstance and I lost custody for whatever reason of my three children, very young children, I would keep everything just the way it was because my intention would be to get my children back. And if I have every intention of bringing my children home, I definitely wouldn't be on Facebook Marketplace selling their toys. That is what we find Deanna Bird doing on Facebook. Again, this is me speculating based on her social media activity. But I think it paints a picture of a person who has some issues, uh, does not have custody of her children, and when and if they were ever to come home, they will be coming home to an empty room because she's selling their stuff. Now, the father of at least one of these children is currently incarcerated, which tells me that he doesn't have custody of the children. I would be doing everything in my power that if me or uh, my significant other did not have custody of our kids, I would be doing everything in my power to get them back. As you read through her Facebook, it seems like she is very proud and protective of the father of the children. She, she likes and loves him very much and makes no qualms about saying that on social media. We don't get as much talk or communication about her children. So all of this raises the question, would you leave your three children in the care of someone who has lost custody of their own? And sadly, Many parents are faced with this kind of decision daily. Now, I don't know Nervic's situation. Again, head cannon. I'm saying this woman had to go to work and that she had to work a double. And that is why she left her kids in the care of Deanna Bird. And this uh, situation allegedly occurred. Entry level jobs sometimes require mandatory overtime or sometimes the thought of the money from the overtime forces parents to scramble for child care. And that's a situation that is uh, very common in the United States. Finding quality child care can be tough because there aren't always enough places available. Some areas don't have many options and parents end up on long waiting lists like we're currently on here in Houston, or they just don't have the choices. They don't have many choices to choose from. It can be a stressful situation for parents trying to find reliable care for their children. Fortunately for my son and his girlfriend, I am the caregiver for my grandchild, but everybody does not have that as an option. Now, another big challenge, of course, is the cost. Good childcare can be expensive and that can be a problem for many families, especially if they don't have a lot of money. Even with help from the government, it can still be hard to afford. It can make it tough for parents to decide whether or not they should go to work or take care of their kids. And then the quality of ch child care is up and down. Some places are really good, take great care of children, while others might not be as good. And this can worry parents because they want their kids to be in a safe environment so that they can learn and grow. Now, balancing work and taking care of kids can also be a struggle. Some parents have to work 
at odd hours or have jobs that don't give them a lot of flexibility. This can make it hard to find childcare that fits their schedule. So it's important for parents to be able to work and take care of their kids at the same time with peace of mind. Lastly, transportation can also be an issue, especially for families in rural areas. Now, this is not a rural area, but I'm not leaving any child behind. It might be hard to get to a good child care center if it's far away or there aren't a lot of transportation options. This can also make it harder for parents to find the right care for their children. Now, to make things better, of course, we need to have policies that help families. We need to make sure that childcare is affordable and easy to find. Uh, we also need to make sure that all childcare places meet certain standards for safety and quality. And many of them do. There's always a bad apple, but many of them are great places. And it would also be great though, if the places that we work at would be as interested in uh, building a strong community and having employees who have peace of mind, they should think about the options that they have for parents who work different schedules and how maybe if they were more flexible, maybe if jobs were more flexible with the times for parents to uh, come and go from work, that this would make it easier and you would make better employees by having these standards in place. Now, many people online are faulting the mother, Jessica Nervick, for not having her 15-year-old babysit her siblings. Now, it's important to remember the amount of time the mother needed a sitter, about 16 hours. Like I said, the mother may have thought that it was too long for the teen to be in charge. Now, in hindsight, they may have been safer in their sister's care than with Bird, but that's another question, another story, and this is all allegedly. Again, many jobs don't grant much flexibility to parents of young children, so hiring a capable sitter for teen children allows parents to ensure the teen's well-being. There's an awful lot a teenager can get into unsupervised, so they needed somebody to be there to provide support and maintain some structure in the environment even when they are unable to be present. It also can help parents balance their responsibilities while ensuring their teens have appropriate supervision and assistance. 17 hours is an awful long time to leave a 15-year-old in charge of an 8- and a 9-year-old, and we don't even know if the sister has the capacity to care for two younger children. So there are a lot of unanswered questions here. It's fair for right now to cut the family some slack in that area. So what are some things that we could do like to vet independent babysitters like a neighbor so that things like this might not occur? First, you can ask around for recommendations. You can talk to your friends, your neighbors, anybody you trust that uh, might have used the, this same sitter before. Now, their experiences can give you a good idea of whether the sitter is reliable and good with kids. Next. Set up a meeting to interview the sitter. Ask them about their experience with, ch with child care and any training they might have. This is gonna help you see if they're a good fit for your family. It's also a good idea to ask for references. So these would be people that the sitter has worked for before. Contact them, ask about their experience with the sitter. Did they do a good job? Were the kids happy? The references can give you very important information. Now, some people may have the means to do a background check on the sitter. 
is a way to see if they have a criminal record. You can find online services or professional agencies that can help you with this. And so that would be important in making sure that your kids are safe. If possible, you can also have a trial period where you can, you can watch how the sitter interacts with your children. You can talk to the sitter about what they would do in the case of an emergency. They should know basic first aid, CPR. Um, it's important that they can handle anything unexpected that might come up. And then finally, trust your instinct. If something does not feel right about this person, it's okay to trust your gut. Your kid's safety is the most important thing. And when you hire the sitter, you make sure you have open communication. You talk about your expectations, the rules, any concerns you might have. And remember to check in with your kids and the sitter regularly to make sure everything is going well. Of course, everybody can't afford to do background checks. And if this was a one-time need for a parent in a bind, they might not have time to follow all of the advice that I've just presented. It appears the mother in this case did what comes naturally to all of us. She tapped into her social circle. If she didn't have her own family who could watch her kids in this situation, she talked to her neighbor, which was Bird's mother. And her mother may have recommended her daughter's services. She may have told her that she would be a good person to watch the kids. In a situation such as this, especially with children who are able to use the phone, it's critical to stay in regular contact with your kids. They need a phone with emergency contacts loaded and they need to understand your expectations. Of course, it's, it's important to also communicate your expectations with the sitter. Find out what type of person they are by having a conversation with them before leaving your children with them. What would they do in, in the event of an emergency? What is their experience with children? Inquire about any other concerns you might have. And if you don't like the answers, don't leave your kids. Also, consider checking the potential sitter's social media history. You can learn a lot about a person by what they post on Facebook or TikTok or Twitter. I took one glance at Bird's post and it made me question her mentality. You can give the sitter a list of emergency contacts and try not to mention your kids having a phone. That phone should be your line to your children and their line for help. If the sitter plans to do something questionable, they may take the phone if they know about it. So lastly, check in regularly. I know we said that before, and I know this situation happened in the overnight hours, but still check in early in the morning and randomly throughout the rest of the day because Bird had 16 hours with those kids and allegedly almost killed them within the first three or four. Think about that. And unless you personally know the individual and their situation, I would suggest never knowingly leaving your children with a person who lost custody of their own. Now it's one thing again, situations, circumstances happen. If you personally know the individual and their situation, that's something different. But if you don't know why they lost custody of their kids, it sounds harsh, but when it comes to your kids' safety, who cares about hurting people's feelings? I'd rather call off and be written up at work than come home to a nightmare situation like this. So again, I am reserving judgment on the mother. I'm not trying to make things matters worse for her. 
uh, if she was at work and this was just a one-time thing and she didn't know that this girl called her son asshole as a pet name. She didn't know about the girl's drug history and she didn't know about the, the loss of her of custody of her children. If Jessica Nervick knew none of that, I'm trying to not blame her for this situation. The situation rests on the shoulders of Deanna Bird if this actually happened in the way that it is being reported. But I thought I needed to talk about it because sometimes people need to hear somebody else say what makes common sense. Don't leave your kids with somebody who obviously, just by looking at her, her social media, her Facebook page, this person is troubled. She's troubled. And it's obvious that you shouldn't leave your children with somebody who has issues. Uh, one of her posts says something, Lord help because the drugs ain't working no more. Some people might think it's just hyperbole, but you need to take it serious. Anything that sounds questionable in a person's regular conversation or on their social media history up to a point, you know, we're not going back to when somebody was 12 years old and, and telling them that they at 24 are that same person. They're not. But what you said six months ago is probably still what you feel today. And there were questionable posts within that amount of time. Also, I don't know who Jessica Nervick is, but she has the patience of a saint because I would have probably been all upside Deanna Bird's head if I came home and found the person who I entrusted with the most important things in my life, my children, if I found them high off they ass sitting on the porch while my kids are passed out inside the house, it would have took more than the police and the EMTs to get me off of her. So you tell me, what do you think of this case? This Deanna Bird, Jessica Nervick case. Tell me what you think at Sinister Silhouettes Podcast at gmail.com. Also, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you're listening. Share this with a friend who might need to hear it. And be sure to join me again next week for another Twisted Tale. That's all I've got for you this week, Shadowy Slough. So, as always... Be safe out there.